Hey, this is Dan Bailey, and I'm Ben's guest on The Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. So I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I did about 30 to 40 episodes of, well, I don't want to say this podcast because it was completely different, but a podcast that eventually morphed into the show you all know and I hope love. But they were a little more general discussions of drum topics that I felt didn't quite contain the focus for the type of show I wanted to produce. So because of that, I decided to archive that first batch. And while you can't find them on the current feed, they're still all available at BigFatSnareDrum.com under the podcast tab. Just click archived episodes. Anyways, the next two episodes are going to be parts one and two from a discussion I had with Dan Bailey. Dan is the current drummer and musical director for Father John Misty, but he's also a prolific session drummer based out of his own studio in Southern California. He also has a handful of very useful online courses known as the Bailey Method. He covers everything from tuning to recording to engineering with a very boots-on-the-ground approach. I learned a lot from them myself, and they're great. And I'm not just saying that to make our guests sound smart and awesome and good and rad. Okay, but anyways, this chat took place at Dan's old studio just a bit outside of L.A. and was my last in-person interview before the world decided to change a little bit. All right, well, here we go. Here is Dan's earned perspective of the five things to avoid when working on a session for an artist. All right, cheers. Yeah, so let's just start off with number one. You, you said uh, being a vibe killer. Being a vibe killer, yeah. I, you know, just like anything else in life, you, you learn to kind of take the temperature of the room a little bit. If you're in a control room or a studio environment and it's like a very like rambunctious attitude, you know, a lot of attitude, a lot of energy, it's like maybe try to raise your level to that. You know, like, sure, yeah. So people feel like you're stoked to be there and stuff. And if it's like a pretty mellow artist or, you know, a lot of artists tend to be kind of in their own head, especially when recording, like yeah. maybe be on fly on the wall and don't talk so much, you know, like just like learn. Yeah. Learn the, just learn the kind of the personality of the, the group of people and try to fit yourself in. And then also like mainly, I mean, this is for me and I, I still deal with this, you know, it's just like, don't be so freaking hard on yourself. Like nothing's worse than, you know, when you're, you know, maybe even completely justifiable. I mean, it's a really hard part and a really hard song, but like the more you get in your own head, like, your performance suffers, the session suffers. Like, if you can impart anything to, to a control room full of people is that you're, like, confident in the take you just did. And I've always found, like, yeah, just, just be like, man, I really like that one. If you, like, you know, and not even in an arrogant or egotistical way. Like, if you, usually if, if you're proud of a track, because we're all, any t- anyone who, who spends the time to get really fluent in an instrument usually is a pretty neurotic type of person. So <laughs> yes. we tend to be like, oh, man, that's not as good as it could have been. I, man, I should have prepared more, you know, whatever it is. It's like, yeah. no, man, that's all, you're the only one hearing any of that. What they heard, they love. So just let that be enough. You know, Absolutely. Like, just, just be a positive force, way, you know? for yeah. sure. Um, all right. So this is, a, this is one that I was very interested that you, you put in because I mm-hmm. want to hear your thoughts on it. Over-preparing. Because I, I definitely I yeah. would say I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, I mean, it, 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 it obviously is a, a factor or, or a result of me having done this for so long. But like, for me, when people are like, hey, you know, the, the third, uh, let's start at 11, like get some sounds, we're going to be in at noon. Hey, let me send you, we're going to do three tunes or whatever. Let me send you those, those tracks. Yeah. And I'd rather, 
I'll usually listen to a half second of them just to hear kind of what where they are in the musical world. Okay. But I don't want to learn the song. Really? Because you don't chart it out at all? I, tr- I try not to. That's unless awesome. Unless it's like, there are times I've worked with artists uh, and producers, specifically one down in San Diego a bunch, who does a bunch of gigantic Latin pop sessions. So like, oh, okay. like Brazilian artists that I've never heard of that do arenas, you know, or whatever. Like yeah. these, these giant things that are kind of outside of our world. And he'll have like drums, pro- he'll have like discrete drums programmed. And you are there to replicate that drum performance sure. with real, a real person's feel. But down to the point where like, how fills are like built. Like he wants, if it's da da do 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 do, he wants exactly that fill going yeah. to the second chorus. So in that case, just to save time, I'll chart everything because I'm, because yeah. again, as soon as I give him like the player piano version of that track, we're good, you know, and that's how he works. And I mean, he's obviously having success, so who's to say? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I feel like it kind of takes, most of the time when something cool happens, it's kind of accident. You know, whether it's like, Oh, why the snare drum sound? It sounds awesome right now, and it's because you changed the snare drum and didn't put the mic back correctly. Yep, 100%. but where it is now sounds awesome. So it's just like, oh, let's just roll with that. You know, I know. just those kind of dumb, dumb things. And it's because I look at it like if you've spent time before the session on you know learning the song or whatever, what happens when you get to the session and they have a you going like, oh, this is going to be you know whatever Motown, yeah. and they go like, no, this is going to be like. 70s LA songwriter, not 70s Detroit. Yeah. And you're like, or 70s Memphis. You're like, oh, now I have to unlearn the thing I've been building in my head. Yeah. And now I like, oh, I was objectively incorrect for the song sure. where I was coming from. So now I'm, or like, what happens when, you know, 99% of the time you show up and they've rearranged the song, so your chart doesn't even work. Oh, anymore. that happens all the time. Just like, oh, we made that a double chorus, and like, that's going to be four bars before the bridge instead of eight. Basically, whatever makes you feel confident. If really prepare, if you like, if the thought of not preparing at all makes you terrified, and it, it would, a younger me absolutely would. Yeah. But I think that like, there's a really great Nathan East quote that I read in a, you know, like a bass player magazine when I was in high school or something like that. And people were asking him like, why he's such, so fast in the studio, he's, you know, session bass player to everybody, especially in the 90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, man, you come in and like, did, you know, you play on the Sting record and you played two takes and walked out. And that was the, t- it's like, and he goes like, man, I've been doing this 30 years. I've heard every progression before. So it's like you're not going to surprise me with anything. So like yeah. you, for the most part, I get hired to play on like singer-songwriter records 95% of the time. So sure. I kind of know that vocabulary. I know what they're going for. I know most everyone's references. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't need to come in like ultra prepared because I've, you know, I've the, the Casey Musgraves record has been referenced 10 times in the last two months for me. So oh, I've wow. listened to it. So I don't have to go listen to that record because I've had to for other things or, you know, whatever. But yeah, just whatever level... If you feel confident to go in totally dry, like I think that that's the most artistically open approach. Hundred percent. But also, if it's like, man, if you if you do want to like sketch out a chart or make some notes on stuff, like it's it's only going to help, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think just the more the more you do it, the more you're able to do a lot of that stuff just mentally and not have to like actually spend the time making a chart or something. You're just sure. like, okay, you just listen to the tune down once, and like, okay, it's okay. There's a stop going before the, you know before the second chorus. Okay. There's a two-bar build coming out. You know, you just start to see the road signs, you know. Do you, to piggyback off that, I'm sure, like, maybe when you do figure out the part, do you mm-hmm. still have something on, like, a piece of paper? Like, once you're like, okay, we've, you know. I'll often go, like, if it's something a little non-traditional, because usually it's, like, I'll just write a little piece of paper, like, as we're listening in the control room or something. It'll be, like, intro eight. That's eight bars. You know, verse That's how I 16. Do, yeah. Times two or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, like, eight. yeah, loop that twice. Or, like. Eight bars, and then they're like, oh, there's a two-bar 
tag before the chorus that's kind of a little mini pre-chorus it'd just be like eight plus two you know just like but it's just the same way we all write little chicken scratch notes yeah i don't think i've ever in a chart had like any notation at all it's yeah. always words that mean something to me yeah yeah. or, or I'll references have, if, if there's like a you know like a a unison hit that like i just played on a tune that had horns on the bridge specifically and like there was kind of some unison hits and so, like, I'll, I'll notate those just because it yeah, yeah, yeah. stays faster. But that's also, like, a big band approach. That's, like, a... Sure, it's just more confident. That's from being in college, and you wouldn't, at least... I was never taught that you would read the drum part in big band. You'd read the first trumpet part, because that has all the stabs and hits and stuff. Interesting. Because, it like, you don't need to see four bars of double-time swing. You know, like, yeah, yeah, once yeah. the dude counts the tune off, you're, you're going. So, totally, like, totally. So you just need to see when when stops and hits are. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so pretty much, yeah, I would just say whatever whatever gets you the most confident. And obviously earlier on, that's going to be a, a lot more prep. But I think that's that's a sign that you're kind of uh, growing and getting more more just repetitions at doing this. Is that you're you're going to start start being a little more open handed with things and like yeah, like oh that, this actually me not paying too much attention to this track keeps it fresh. I have fresh ears for it. Sure. Cause that's really the thing you're going to help the session the most with is that producer and that, that artist and maybe even the engineer have been there since scratch tracks. So they're yeah. like, their ears might be burnt. Whereas like, if they mm. respect you enough to bring you in, if you go, Hey, why don't we do that? Shouldn't that pre-course be double that second time? Or you know, like, if you have something you like, you know, maybe you're the fresh opinion on the song and the fresh ears and you might yeah. make it better that way. Hey, y'all, I wanted to, (laughs) I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely. It's loud. And it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye so number three, worrying too much about the drum sound and not trusting the engineer. Yeah. Avoid that. Well, because engineers have uh, you know ways they, they tend to work, and if a producer is working with an engineer, it usually means they've done it before. Yeah. And usually that means that engineer knows what the producer likes to take the mix. You know, like, it, they, they know the score. So, like, 
Because every now and then, you know, I've heard drum, I've come in the control room and we've gotten sounds and I'll like they'll play something back and I'm like in my head I'm thinking like that doesn't sound the best you know like yeah. or that's a weird decision to make but of course that's not my place so like yeah man sounds great keep keep that positivity yeah, going sure um, but then it never fails that like then you hear it mixed or like finalized and you're like oh it totally they were going for a thing that I didn't get what they were quite doing and like yeah so I thought it was a little weird but like hey the let success be your guide like if it came out cool then they knew what they were doing and I just think that like we can get so can't see the forest for the trees. Well, that and usually drums are going on first. So it's like, I know. Look, man, there's going to be so much other stuff happening. That's not like, on the demo, probably. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, like, just understand you need to, like, usually it's when drums aren't, like, as big and fat as they could be. And it's like, well, they're going to stack five guitars and synths well, and, and, you know, two, whatever else on this. You, everything can't be big. You know? Yeah. And you're coming, I mean, you are a great engineer as well, but a lot of drummers, it's like, when you do your first track and you listen to it in the control room, mm-hmm. it's not compressed the way it's going to be. It's totally. not, not EQ'd cute. the way it's going to yeah. be. I mean, I more often than not, I, I even if it's in a great room and it's recorded well, that yeah. first take before it's touched up, I'm just like, like this ah, doesn't this sound. Be. Yeah, but but That's then it makes, But then you you know you do your little whatever the the move you're going to do on your like your room mics and you like clean up your kick mics a little bit. All of a sudden it's like it sounds like oh these sound like drums. Yeah, it's like exactly. Know. But I just you know. I, I like I I feel fairly confident in my in my engineering and ability to like walk in and work at other people's studios at this point and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that said, is like I'm not. It is still the second thing I do. Like I'm I am a a musician first and foremost, and engineering is because I needed to learn to do it to be a better musician. Yes. Whereas like if I'm working with you know just off the top of my head like Rob Schnaff in L.A. or something, and like he and his his engineer Brian have a certain way that they engineer drums. And the first time I worked with him, I was like, this is weird. But then the first time I heard a project finish, it was like, oh, like they absolutely know what they're going for. And it sounds great. Did you question them? I mean, did you? No, in my head at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. of course, certainly not yeah. on the session. No, no. You just have to trust that everybody else cares about their thing as much as you care about yours. You know? Like, yeah. That's, which that's, everyone, that's a tough Everyone trust. wants it to be good. You know, yeah. like no one wants this to be bad. How do you balance the line between they bring you in? Because obviously you're Dan. You've done a lot of great stuff. You get great sounds. You say, you know, uh, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but what if we try this? You know, there's this thing that I do that gets a really cool sound. I think it would fit the vibe. Totally. And I, that, I mean, you that's just about, you know, just like a point one is like, you got to read the vibe of the thing. Sure, yeah. Because sometimes you are like with specifically the, the producer where I replace things like note for note, he is not looking for input. Like he, they know what they want. Uh, we're, we're, they're not going to waste their time trying to get something else. And they, yeah. they have a machine and it works really well. And it, you know, whereas like we're, Rob, for instance, like if I went like, Hey man, what if we tried? Like maybe I should take the, like the front head off and we should go for like a really dead kick thing or something. Like most producers, engineers, like they're hiring you because they want your input. It's yeah. like, it's like, oh, we're going to do a Stax record Memphis thing. Like, oh, that would probably be no front head if it was 1973 or whatever. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You start to like add your little like drum nerdery to it. And then, yeah, like, then they get excited. Like, yeah, oh, they go gives, like, oh, that's what was going on. Back this is yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wants to make this good. This is great. Yeah. 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 I think it's just, you know, feeling out the vibe, but you can, you can feel pretty quick like what they want your level of involvement to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and usually it's like the vast majority of people are bringing you in to do your thing. And so if you have an opinion, like, you know, obviously voice it correctly and, you know, like, yeah. hey, guys, you know, humor me for one second. What if we tried one where I lay out the second verse and I come in, you know, or, and, that you, you know, you can always try something and it doesn't work. They're just like, now we know that's, you know, you, you just clicked one thing they don't want off the list. You know, yeah. like, oh, we now we now know what we don't want, which gets us closer to what we do want, you know. 
Yeah, it's so awesome when someone does, when they're really excited about an idea and then it doesn't work and they admit it right away. Totally. It's just like you respect them. You're like, oh, you have the facility to be okay with saying you're wrong. And going back to not being a vibe killer, that is, if there is like a, a thing that you cannot do as a session musician is dig your heels in. When a producer's mm-hmm. like, hey, what if we tried one where you play the snare on beat four only? Like, leave two empty. And if you go like, no, that's a bad idea. Like, I might be thinking, ah, it's not, we're not going to be using that. But I'm still going to do it because it's faster to just do it than to sit there and talk about it. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah, I'll just do a pass like that because it's going to take the three minutes and 40 seconds the song is. Yeah. Or, or even if we're just cutting that one section, it's going to take 20 seconds. Whereas, like, to sit there and argue about how it's a good idea or not, usually if you... The other thing is don't don't half ass. Like if somebody has an idea, like actually oh, try yeah. it. Like don't don't like half play oh, it. God, like yeah. actually play it with some kind of conviction. And just like and usually it's been my experience. If I go like man, I, I kind of already know this isn't going to work, but I'm going to give them what they want. Yeah. And it's like number one, you're closer to being done because they have another option. Turn, and number yeah. two, it's like if, if most of the time because producers and artists know what they want they'll go like oh yeah yeah no that they'll hear it and go like oh that's that seemed like a good idea but it, it didn't work out that way or yeah. it didn't translate the way you know if anything i don't know if I'll, I'll articulate this well but it's it's fun when something is done wrong and everyone just goes like nope. yeah that was shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know no, it's like it, if anything that kind of makes the vibe better cuz we're like oh we all collectively yeah well and that's how you aren't just letting it slide that's and not, that's you know. usually a pretty good indicator too if if a control room is like like uni- uniformly behind or against something, that's usually a really good indicator of something you should or shouldn't do. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like if everybody loves it, it's like, well, that must be great. And if it, like everyone's hating it, it's like, well, clearly do something else. You know? Yeah, yeah. And also it's like, I can never tell if a drum part's the right one when I'm playing it. I, I, it's hard I have some drummers that can do it, but totally. I cannot. I, I think that's another, and that's a good way to, if you're, if you're feeling a little anxious or, or, or pressured, that's a good way to, to, buy yourself some time too is like do a take and go like hey do you mind if i come in and hear that yeah like because you can kind of go like oh the snare drum is translating a certain way to where it's it's the note is longer in the control room than i'm perceiving it in the in the tracking room Mm -hmm. so i probably shouldn't play a fast 16th note fill because it's just getting lost absolutely but like in the room it might sound great but it's just that's not what the microphones are hearing and that's not what it is in context so i always like to like do a take, especially if it feels like we're we either got it or we're just about to get it. Mm-hmm. Like I always like to listen to that one, and yeah. then you can usually hear the like the good parts about this one are the verse, the chorus is, isn't as good as it could be, yeah. you know. But you could start to like, no, that's the bridge part. We're gonna do that, you know. Like I, I I always like to to hear stuff in context. And again, yeah, if you're if you're feeling like a little uptight, like that that can buy you ten minutes to like yeah, catch yeah. your breath and like all right. And to, more often than not, you go in and hear it, and it sounds better than you think it does. Yes. So even if it felt like you it's were struggling, you'd be like, oh, no, this is way cooler in here than it is in there. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, and for me, too, it's like a lot of times I'll play a take, and I'm like, man, I was so conservative on that take. I was just playing it yes. like I barely did anything. Yep. And you listen back, and you're just you're like, that, that's Neil? usually like the, the one. You know? That's usually the one. That's yeah. the, I, I think there's something to dy- you're, you're playing dynamically, but also with your parts it never fails. If your take's going to be pretty busy, your time's going to suffer. Like where you're placing the kick and snare isn't going to be as solid as it could be. Yep. And so I think that that's even just the amount that, that drums are expected to do in pop music isn't much. Mm-hmm. But also like if the song doesn't require them to do a lot and they feel bad, that's the whole, I mean, if you're, if you're hitting too hard, you're probably, your time's going to suffer. If you're trying to play too much, your time's going to suffer. And yeah. like th- things being pocketed is the entire game. That's the only reason any of us get called. Yeah. So like, I like, 
I was I was so much a better drummer twenty years ago than I am now. Like I could play myself under the table. Yep. Because I was nineteen and didn't know, and it was just like, look at all this stuff I can do. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, guys hate to play with that guy. Like, yeah. And it was just it took a good solid five or six years of kind of like doing a run of a tour and not getting asked back. Totally. And so just like, oh, and then you, you realize like, the less I play, the more my phone's rate. Like, oh, oh this is gosh. a I see a direct correlation to a change I'm making in my career. To it working well and we Just were like, talking about this too before we started recording but how um yeah little moments that are literally it could be a note the if 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 the verse is you know four repetitions yeah. at the end of the third one has a random little thing that you Just never hear thing. for the rest of the yeah. song yeah but as a drummer i look forward to that the entire song yeah to, to me it's like i think one of the best one of the best pop songs and it is a really good uh, uh example of what we're talking about is Sting Hounds a Winner, which is Vinnie okay. Cauyuta playing drums. Okay, yeah, well. <laughs> and it's one of those tunes where it's, you know, a lot of Sting records don't have the craziest drums on them. Like, yeah. a lot of it's like he'll be playing Shaker and Sidestick for five minutes with no deviation, and it's yeah. incredible because it feels great. Sure. But, like, that tune in particular, it's it's uh, the first track on Mercury Falling from the early 90s or whatever, and it has a lot of Vinnie-isms in it, but the verses are so, like, so dry. Like, he's playing so sparse, and, like, on the second verse in, the th- like, the third bar... He puts the like, he puts the Rosanna shuffle kick in one the like one time and exactly. he's just like oh my god what just no happened? totally and it's, it's just the like it's, thing only, in the world. it's the only thing that's any different on the entire verse is the added one added kick in the like of a, this weird pushed kick pattern and it just makes the whole verse happen. Can make up the fire the way that she could. I spend all my days in a search for dry wood. Bought all the windows and closed the front door. I can't believe she won't be here anymore. I still see her face. And if that's the ultimate example, is because that that dude can play more notes than anyone who's ever played the instrument. Oh yeah, well, we like that talking, dude is yeah. the best athlete to ever play drums. Is Vinny? K- it's not even close. Like he's the only of the like the guys with the super duper chops that like that. Well, that like you know the Keith Carlocks of the world are great too. Yeah, because obviously he plays the Steely Dan stuff note perfect and crushes. But yeah, but just those guys who can like also. But then on that same record, you know, he'll have or on Ten Summoners Tales, he'll have freaking you know the the tune in five yeah. that's shreddy as hell, and then he'll have. The, the shaker and side stick tune with no, you know, and it's and it's done to tape, so it's live. Yeah, you played that for five minutes without deviating, and it's, yeah, and the pocket is incredible, and it's just like, so I mean, it, if you're blessed to have good pocket and can shred, that should be your like guiding light. It sure, be that guy, because he's the only guy that I know of that really does them both at the highest level. Yeah. All right, so this is uh, it's number four. Don't get discouraged at the pace of the producer. Yes. You know, is a little faster than what you're used, than you're used to. For me, it tends to be slower, but also, but, but and that's not even that's not some kind of humble brag of how fast I work because speed is not indication of quality whatsoever, and and usually kind of the opposite. The the sessions you can go that can go fast are usual things, but people do not care about TVQs. Yeah. They just want like, yeah, this is John Mayer. Just give me a take. I just need it like in the next twenty five minutes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, so usually fast is great, but because of that, when I'm when I'm engineering my own stuff. Uh, when it's for like a solo artist record or something, obviously I take a little more care. But my buddies who do TV stuff, we just know that it's about speed. So like, there are, there are dudes that sight unseen, I'll send one take, and they know that that's going to be fine. And that's awesome. Just because it's, I know exactly what they're going for. You know, it's like I can just play exactly like the John Mayer song, where where yeah. like 
Stealing is a hard word. We're are heavily lifting from a you know or whoever sure. wrote. Yeah, I, I get melodies and stuff, but it's like are we really saying anyone who's played you know D A B minor G is lifting somebody else? It's like that's yeah. that's you know. But I I I mean I I included this on the list because I ran into it recently of a, an engineer and producer I work with a lot. Uh, we usually usually our pace is like we'll do somebody's like EP in a day. We'll do like you know four or five tracks or something like that. And this guy wanted to track a lot of stuff live, you know, like rhythm section live in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, had these tunes that we were kind of having a, a, a semi-difficult part, just finding the place they wanted to live, like stylistically and stuff. Yeah. And but to do five tunes, we booked three, you know, three ten-hour lockout days at a at signature down in San Diego, and it was like it was tough on me mentally, going like, "We're here to do five songs, and I have three days," and it's like I feel like I'm working so slow. But that was also the the like workflow they wanted. They wanted us to like start from scratch. Like, hey, dude's gonna play you the song right now. You haven't heard it. Yeah. All right. Now we're gonna go in the room and I'm gonna like play with like brushes, and dude's gonna play like you know bass amp way down, and we're gonna like play with him. Yeah. Get a thing, and then he's gonna go in the booth and we're gonna start like trying to figure out like actually recording it. But that way of working can be, it can be tedious. Not that the se- the session was super fun, but I found myself just having to remind myself like. I'm not like this isn't going bad. It's yeah. going slow, but it's not going poorly. Yes. And so like the same way this is going fast doesn't mean it's going well. You know yeah. like so you just have to completely separate your I think we're just stuck in that like how Blaine thought process of just like yeah, he did like the Righteous Brothers record in a day. You know, and they did like live tracked it. And it's like yeah, but that's how they worked then because yeah. they were putting out a record every 4 months. Like that's not how this is now. So like Yeah. And if if they want to take the time to get into the minutia of the song, like let them, you know, don't let that, you know, bug you and stuff. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, because you're gonna you're gonna know you have the take when you have it, and so it's just it's not about being worried that it's going too slow or it's going too fast or what you know, like just yeah. just try to stay in your like stay in it and just like play the drums. All right. So number five can't not have this one. Don't forget to have fun. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the. None of us like are are pursuing the dream of this career because it's not fun. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm not going like man. You know, if that was the case, I'd way rather work a nine to five that I didn't have to put like mental energy into. Uh, hopefully, we'll be at a position in my life where like something else is paying the bills and I can be home and like and I'll just play for fun and you know, yeah. Um, you're your father and a husband. So, yeah, yeah, so being around, you know, like that becomes more valuable and the more I yeah. look at it and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if we're if we're going to be doing this anyway, like nothing's worse than doing something that should be fun that isn't, you know, like that, that just yeah. makes it, it makes it like doubly unfun because you, you know how it should feel and it doesn't. You know? No, totally. And this, this sounds cheesy. I'm sure we've all heard it before, but it's called playing music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, it's the childlike, totally. you know, excitement. Man, if there's, if there's one thing that like, even, even in our, our live situation, there, there was the, uh, we were rehearsing for the last album cycle and there was one tune that we were just like with Father John with Misty. Father John Misty, yeah. and we just couldn't figure out. And it wasn't obviously those. I mean, the dudes in the band are such murderers, man. It's not that anyone can't play it or it didn't have good ideas. It just wasn't. This wasn't coming together. And at some point, like you know, Tillman just like stops the rehearsal and is like, "What? Can we just like play music? Yeah. Like stop thinking about what you're playing." And it just like immediately got better. It's That's because right. everyone just had their head down, like in their own world, trying to like nail this part they hadn't played before. Yeah, and it's just like. You'd probably let the you'd rather have the part be a little wonky and have it feel good than like have the part be perfect and it feels all like vanilla and plastic, you know. So I think yeah, it, obviously if you're not having 
if you're not having fun on the session, it's not gonna be good. You know, like if you're yeah. if you're there like, you know, pulling your hair out and frustrated, like you're not getting good you're not making good art, that's for sure, you know. Yeah, and, and uh Jeff Picaro has a has a famous MI clinic he was doing where yeah. he talks about how some drummers just are or players are antisocial when they're playing and yeah. that's what you know, it ruins the vibe of mm-hmm. Totally. And that's the thing about being like finding that right line of like mellow confidence about what you're doing mm-hmm. and then you're not because yeah nothing's worse than watching like a player melt down because they're just not you know like you know it, there are days man you'll mess up on the same spot of a tune for the third time in a row and like i've thrown a stick in a control room i absolutely have like <laughs> yeah. i've freaking knocked stuff over like i i have i'm a fiery personality I, I have that in me but it's just like that doesn't i mean i've obviously mellowed as i've gotten older too but like you know, I mean, you want to talk about a thing that'll get you not hired back, you know? Yeah. Just like, but, but again, it just, it didn't, it never helped my performance to get in my, you know? Yeah. And I think part of it is, I, I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't music kid growing up. I was a sports guy. Like I played basketball and stuff. So I think there's just a hold like the competition, there was a competitiveness about me that was held over that I had to like start removing. There was like a, you know, I'd miss my third straight shot. I'd get, I'd get mad at myself and that oh, would sure. make me shoot better. It doesn't make me play drums better. Like, interesting. Because okay. in a sport, you go like the more. Sometimes the more pressure makes you get back to basics and you play better. You know. Yeah. But I find that like when you're trying to do something creative, that's not that's a different thing. And that that like dark cloud over your head just like wreck, wrecks the day. Even if I'm getting takes that I I think are great. Like if if it's one thing if if it's a session I'm engineering and running. If I'm just playing, like I'll do takes into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like you have to tell me when I'm done. Like sure. because they're uh, like that's the competition is like, I always think I have a better one. Yeah. Like, but that, that, and especially when I was younger, that approach was very beneficial because it made me try really hard to get, like I spent a lot of time and effort and really valued like the ability I was trying to craft and all that, you know, I like, yeah. it, it really drove me to get good. And then at some point it, it becomes not beneficial to be like that hard on yourself and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, that's a perfect example if you're like, no, just rather than like, because that's me. But man, no, it was just run it back. Like, just back at the top, one more for me or whatever. Yeah. And just like, yeah, maybe that is the time to like, go get something to drink. A lot, man, not eating in the studio, because so many guys get like tunnel vision and will just plow through and you'll realize it's like four o'clock and nobody's eight. Oh, and, you, and then you wonder why performances are bad. It's like, no, you, you like, I'm, I'm, and for that reason, I'm pretty big on like having some snacks with me all the time. But sure. like, but it's just stuff like that. I mean, it's just, that's another vibe thing. It's like, mm-hmm. feel out the like, hey, is everybody getting a little testy or like a little not focused? Like now might be a good lunch spot. Come yeah. back, you know, come back renewed or whatever. You know? Yeah, it's it's so fun when you are with the group of people that you're comfortable with in the studio because totally. you can call each other out. Let's go outside for a second. This isn't quite doing what I wanted it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.